going on, Fabcasters? Our bar here with the Fabcast. I think you're going to enjoy today's special guest, Remy Adeleke, uh, born and raised in West Africa into royalty. His story is, is just amazing. His dad was a genius. He's the guy that created Banana Island, also known today as Billionaire's Island. And with unfortunate circumstances, the Nigerian government stripped that land from him, took it, and instantly um, the, the, their life started to change. And as he was fighting, as his dad's fighting for this land back, he gets bitten by a dog that had rabies and he dies. Remy was five years old, had an older brother and his mom, who was originally from New York, had to uproot them from Nigeria, move them back to the Bronx. And he was raised in a very rough neighborhood, getting in fights, getting exposed to drugs and sex on at an early age. And then began, began his journey. Um, you, you're going to have to read the book or listen to it on Audible. It's, it's what's fascinating is, is that it's suspenseful the whole time too. So he gets into this life of, of fighting, of dealing, dealing drugs. And then he goes into higher crime of, he works for this mobile company, this uh, cell phone company selling little snake phones under the Nokia phones with a snake game on it for like 500 bucks a piece. And the phones that were in the hip hop videos. And so he's, he's getting into organized crime so that he can make money for his hip hop business, uh, for his record label ends up getting, doing a bad drug deal. And he, uh, this guy threatens his life. And that's when the, the, the light went on like, man, I can't do this anymore. So he goes to join the Navy. But when he goes to talk to a recruiter, um, she finds out Tiana Reyes finds out that, that he's got two warrants out for his arrest in New Jersey and New York. And so she, he's about to get out of the recruiting office and she says, Hey, you got a suit. And she, and he says, he gets in a suit. She takes him before these judges, a New York judge and a, and a New Jersey judge and they expunge his record. She goes and she actually fudges the Navy paperwork and she tells him, hey, Remy, you better not say anything. You're going to have a moment of truth at Navy boot camp. You better not say that you have a record. You better not say that, that I cleared it and I cleared you. So he, he does that. And his whole goal is he, he saw the movie The Rock and uh, he had this inspiration. He wanted to be that Navy SEAL because he, he grew up hating bullies because he got jumped when he was an 11-year-old kid on the basketball court. And so Navy SEALs was just in his, in, his, uh, in his desire. He wanted to go and fight bullies across, across the, the globe. So he gets into the Navy, and uh, he, he works at a hospital out of all places, Camp Pendleton Hospital right here in Camp Pendleton. And he does his time there, and then he gets to go to Bud's. Bud's is uh, basic underwater uh, demolition. It, it's what the, um, what the Navy SEALs have to do to become, to become SEALs. He goes to that training for one year because he, he fails twice. He gets rolled back, spends a year there. And then finally at the end, he, he gets dropped, performance dropped because he can't, he can't tread water. So he has to go to the, to the fleet, what they call it in the, in the Navy. And so he's a corpsman working for the Marines, a Marine Corps battalion up at uh, Camp Pendleton in Horno. And uh, he, spends, he spends a couple of years there with the Marines. He deploys with them. And then he gets a chance, he gets a second shot to go back to SEAL training at Bud's in Coronado. And he passes with flying colors because he's not messing around anymore. He's not sleeping around on the weekends. He's, he met a gal that introduced him to the Lord. And, and that began his, his journey. Um, he's still being sanctified along this time. He's still, he's still wrestling. And then the girl that he, that he introduced him to the Lord that had brought him to a local church, um, she was fed up with, with him 
uh, messing around. And so she leaves him and then he goes to, to cold weather training in, in Alaska and he has this epiphany that he should turn his life around. And then he comes back. She's, he's begging her um, to, to take him back, but she says no. But he goes, fine, I just, I just take me to church then. So he begins his journey with the Lord uh, and, and, and the SEAL teams as a, as a human guy, a human intelligence collector. And um, fast forward to, to his career, he has, he's got a great career in the Navy, but he, he meets a gal. Uh, Jessica and he, he gets married to her and they have a couple kids and he realizes he needs to get out of the Navy because he wants to spend more time with his kids. He is now he has three kids and uh, circumstances lined up, right? He, he somehow he meets Kathy Lee Gifford and she introduces him and she says, you need to write a book. And then he got, he got a deal with, with a movie and he was in the movie Transformers. And now he writes scripts, he writes books and he consults for people who want to, have like military scenes or, or um, special operator scenes. So I, I think you, everybody just go and get this book on audible, get it on Kindle. Or, or if you're a hard book kind of guy, get it. It's get it. It's an amazing story that lines up with everything we do here in the Fabcast. talking about transformation, talking about, um, uh, transparency and vulnerability. The guy puts it all out in the line. It's, it's like King David or, or, or anybody else who's in the ward who's who the whole life is exposed, open kimono, like no shame, no guilt. It's all in there for everybody to read, including wife and children and, and family members. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this Fabcast and um, peace out. All right. Remy Adeleke, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's up, brother? Hey, thank you so much for taking the time. To be on the Fabcast, Fabcast. Yeah, uh, yeah, for all believers. Yeah, thanks for having um, me. So uh, let me let me just first things first. Let me let me let me dedicate this time to the Lord. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for uh, Remy Adeleke and his story about transformation. Lord, we don't have much time today, so every moment, every second of this interview, may it be glorifying to you, so that other people see our conversation and the works done here, and praise the Father in heaven. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, um, in, this is this is the Fabcast. Uh, I just, I'll, I've given a, a, a brief. The Fabcaster is a a brief interview of you already. Uh, uh, you know, a little recap of your life. So, um, I was on a deployment with my RP, my you know my my bodyguard assistant, and uh, yeah. we said, "Dude, we're doing a lot of driving. Let's get an audio book." Yeah. Got, got the book transformed and, and just breezed through it in one week. Oh, wow. and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're driving, like we do a lot of driving, we drive yeah. about a thousand miles a week. And wow. um, we're on our edge of the seat of our seats the whole time. We're like, dude, this is exciting. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I wrote it all myself, man. I didn't have a ghostwriter or a co-writer. I wrote it all myself, man. That, so, that is awesome because, yeah, yeah, you have a way, you have a gift with writing. But, but I knew, like, it didn't take too long before I was into the book where I was like, dude, I need to get this guy on the Fabcast. Fabcast is all about transformation, and his yeah. book is about transformation. So um, I, I also did some research of it, about you, man. You got a lot of interviews yeah. online, a lot of podcasts. Yeah. So here's my, here's my first question. Uh, besides this interview, which, what's been your favorite interview? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um... 
I would say there were two, man. Um, one with Mike Ridland. Um, I think that, you know, uh, Mike Drop Podcast, because he had read the book, you know, as well. And so he had a lot of, ins- this was before the book even came out, you know, I got him an advanced copy. So he had read the book. And so, you know, he was able to, he was asking a lot of great questions, you know. Um, so his and then um, um, Phil Craft, um, uh, Phil Craft uh, Survival Podcast. Okay. With Mike um, Glover. Okay. More SF guy. So I had a great time on that one as well because, you know, we, we went deep in that one. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah, out of all the ones I listened to, I didn't listen to Mike Drop. Yeah. I, I was training at Fight Strong in San Clemente. And then the guy that was training me, he was like, he, he was saying he, was li- he listened to that podcast. And I was like, dude, yeah. I'm, talk- I'm talking to Remy on Friday. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Your one with Mike was, uh, it's different because, you know, yeah. he, he's a brother. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the, the language is different. Yeah. I, some of the other ones I'm like, instructor. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. He's way laid back. It just, yeah. you know, he, he's, a, he's a team guy. Whereas the other ones are, are uh, the tone is different. So that is one of my yeah. favorite ones. Um, let's jump right into this. Okay. There, there are four types of people in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I knew this from Dave Grossman. You know, you read Dave, Dave Grossman? Grossman. No. On calling on killing and on combat. Um, anyways, he, he looked at me. At, we were at SOI. He just got done speaking. He goes, he goes, Ryan, there are four types of people in the world. There are wolves. Mm-hmm. There are sheep. There are sheep dogs. And he goes, and then there are shepherds. Yeah. This chaplain, you are uh, a shepherd to the sheep. Yeah. <laughs> I, want to, I want you to take care of these guys. And it was a, it was a room full of infantrymen. Yeah. And, uh, so, so Remy, you have experienced all four types of people i mean you move from being a sheep you know, yeah. a, a little boy to to a wolf when you're organized cr- uh, crime you know yeah. Yeah. Um, to a sheep dog as a, as a navy seal as a, as a team guy and then you end up and then you end up being a shepherd yeah. you end up being a pastor yeah. so what phase of your life was most unexpected out of all the, all four of those uh most unexpected out of the four Honestly, every one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, well, obviously, well, minus the sheep, though, you know, because we're all born that way. Um, so I would say, you know, honestly, the three, you know, all three, like I never expected to to get into organized crime, but it was a one thing that I, I felt like I needed to do in order to provide for myself, you know. Um, so that was a big one. And then... Um, being a SEAL was definitely not something that was in my cards. You know, I was in the streets. The only reason why I joined the Navy was because I needed to get out the, get, get out the streets. And it wasn't out of patriotism or, uh, or feeling a duty to serve at all. It was, it was to, to save my life, you know. Um, so being a SEAL was totally, and then I was totally unqualified to be a SEAL because I couldn't swim and didn't have that academic scores and was skinny and all that. So that was totally unexpected. And then, you know, going into ministry, that was totally unexpected. You know, I was a team guy and, and you know my story. And um, my platoon chief pulled me aside one day and was just like, would you like to be a lay leader, you know, um, yeah, yeah. For, for deployment? And that's what started, pretty much, you know, played a huge role in me getting into ministry. Um, and that was totally unexpected. You know, he just came up to me out of the blue. So, you know, I would say that the three, all three of them are, are for me, you know, are the 
most unexpected. I tell people all the time, uh, I feel like I've lived the unexpected life. That's one of my tags. You know, I always say, you know, when I'm on interviews, I've lived the unexpected life. You know, even the stuff that I'm doing now um, in the film and TV industry is unexpected. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, I got an email this morning, you know, for a project. You know, I created a TV show and I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. And I got a random email this morning from a production company saying, hey, we want to talk more about that TV show. That was unexpected. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, man, I lived an unexpected life. So, sorry for the wrong question. No, no. It, it sounds like your, your life is like God saying, bam. You didn't expect yeah. this, bam. And it's all, there's grace all over it. Yeah, it's all the Lord, man. It's like, you know, it's all the Lord's guidance, you know, um, you know, his plans are higher than our plans, you know, and we can make plans and, you know, but his ways are higher than our ways, you know, and so uh, that's something I have to remind myself from time to time because, you know, I get caught up in my plans and the way I want things to happen. And um, the Lord probably just laughs at it because he's like, you want that to happen? Well, I got something better for you. Um, and yeah, man, like all of these doors that have opened, you know, where I'm at now, where I will be going is all from, you know, from, from, from God's guidance, you know, and his, his plan that he's laid before the foundation of the earth. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so like, like I said uh, earlier, I, I did a lot of uh, research about you on uh, just looking up at different things. But what I want to touch on is uh, stuff that usually people don't ask you. So we're talking about spiritual warfare, you know, mm -hmm. difficult subjects and how people can experience transformation in Jesus name, which yeah. are, those are all major themes of the fab, the, the fab cast, which is also um, I'm doing a doctoral dissertation on how service members mm -hmm. find freedom and transformation and mm -hmm. renewal from yeah. all kinds of destructive behaviors. So, so the Navy is throwing a lot of money into how do we combat destructive behaviors? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I'm a, absolutely. Um, and then, and then SOCOM is doing like a uh, total fitness. So they, they, you know, under Admiral McRaven, he launched a program uh, called preservation of the force and family. Yeah. I remember that I was still in when that was going on. Yeah. 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 Admiral Olson was the original, uh, originally started. So they're throwing um, more chaplains in NSW. They're throwing uh, military family life counselors and all that stuff. So those are the four domains, bio, psycho, social, spiritual. Mm -hmm. um, so some, some of the questions I'll ask in the next the 30 minutes uh, have to do with that. And uh, so you, you've done a lot of things. Okay. Um, what's the hard, what's been, what's harder buds? Going to combat, marriage, or parenting? Um, I mean, wow, that's a good question. But yeah. it sucks because it sucks. It just sucks. Um, you know, I remember when I was in Bud's instructors, we always say, oh, you think this sucks? You know, wait till you're on an op. You know what I mean? I've been on ops that suck 10 times. I've been on ops that suck 10 times worse than the day in Bud's. Um, right. And it meant life or death, right? So... Uh, that's hard to, um, marriage is hard. Marriage is really, really hard. Um, <laughs> and parenting is hard. You know, again, like it's, I would say they're all equally hard, you know, and they're different ways. You got, it's kind of like, it's like comparing apples and oranges. Like they all have, um, their different challenges and they all have their different stakes. You know what I mean? Um, so I would just say, you know, all of them are, are very hard. Um, and, 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, for, for me, I, I'm sorry for giving you this roundabout question. No, no, no. Answer, but it's just for me when I think about them, um, you know, marriage has its, its challenges, you know, but it also has its stakes and it also has its rewards. Um, and, you know, like if a marriage falls apart, like if my marriage falls apart, that doesn't just affect me and my wife, that affects my kids, you know, my legacy. You know, I have friends who have gone through divorces or that are going through a divorces and they, you know, the stuff that they go through with the kids afterwards is extremely challenging. You know, um, I have a buddy right now, you know, he, uh, him and his wife got divorced and he's like having to split custody and he's back and forth court. It's just a nasty situation. And so the stakes, those are different stakes, right? Cause those stakes are, you know, they last a long time, you know, the, the fruits oh, yeah. of, of what happened. So, you know, trying to fight and maintain a marriage and, and be happy in a marriage, that's hard. Um, and then being a parent and, you know, all of the things that are thrown at kids nowadays and, you know, you know, me not having a father and trying to figure out how to be a father, you know, uh, obviously looking to the Lord for guidance and, you know, that, that, that's hard and it has its own stakes and its rewards and, 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 and so on and so forth. And if, you know, if I make certain mistakes, that can affect my children for the rest of their life. And then that can affect their children and their children. And you have this pattern. Yeah. Um, and so it's challenging. That's, it's hard. You know, I'm going on missions, that's life or death, not just for you, but for the guys around you as well, depending on what you do or what you don't do. Yeah. Um, so that has its own stakes. And then obviously Buds, I would say Buds is probably the least challenging of all because you yeah. can just quit at any time. Quit at any time. Go about your business. You're not going to die. You know what I mean? Um, so, I, you know, I, you know, kind of, you know, after some reflection, I would just say, you know, you know, being on missions, being married, being, being married and parenting, you know, they're all, they all are very, very hard. Yeah. It seems to fluctuate for me. Like when, when the marriage is going well, I'm really struggling as a dad, you know, I got, yeah. I got four kids and uh, you, you two, I, I got four kids. Oh, nice, man. Uh, yeah, you, um, 10 year old boy. Eight-year-old girl, seven-year-old girl, three-year-old boy, and he's a beast. Oh, wow. Uh, how, how old are your three boys again? Uh, well, my, my oldest is about to be six in February. Yeah. Uh, and then my middle, he's going to be uh, five in June. And then my youngest is going to be one in uh, March. Oh, dude, those are such good ages. Yeah, yeah. yeah I give them a couple years, they'll all be taller than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my kids, my oldest is tall, man. Guys yeah, be- you know, right now parenting is kicking my butt. I, I just saw my wife the other day. Um, you know, I, I, I broke down. I had to say, you got to pray for me because I just became this draconian dad. And so I like, yeah. the guy, I like to ask guys like yourself, like you've been there, you've done that, and you've had, you've had quite the runaround. Yeah. Um, and then to hear you say something like uh, parenting is challenging in marriage, it, it's just refreshing to me, you know? Yeah. I feel like we can connect on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. People don't keep it real, man. It's, yeah. It's not, it's not easy, man. You got to keep it real. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's shift uh, gears here. Um, talk about your book. So um, I, I got introduced to the, to the NSW family here in 2012. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I joined the unit, um, NSW Group 3. Yeah. So you were in Hawaii? How, suffering in Hawaii. Yeah. We had surf PT. Yeah. So, it was right around the time when No Easy Day was published. Yeah. A famous book. And then I remember um, 
message came down. You know, Admiral Losi was ticked to say the least. And, and so my question is, what's the difference between all of those books being published and then the stigma and then, and then yours? Yeah. So for me, you know, I knew that, you know, it was, it could be, there, a neg- there could be a negative hit from writing the book. Um, however, you know, with that, I knew where my heart was in writing the book. I knew that I didn't want to write a Navy SEAL book. You know, point blank. I did not want to write a Navy SEAL book. I didn't want to write a book going on missions and, you know, just focusing on that. I wanted to write a journey story. I wanted to write a story about, you know, a kid who had a journey and I wanted to embed lessons in there. Um, so that, you know, kids all around the world uh, and people in general, you know, can look at it and be like, wow, like this dude came from this background and he made it this far in life, you know, and that's why, you know, I don't even think I get to the SEAL teams with my memory serves me right. And it's a 29 chapter book. I don't think I get to the SEAL teams until like chapter 23 or 22 or something right. like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, but all prior to that, you know, and in faith, obviously, and I wanted to share my testimony, you know, yeah. um, being a Christian, I wanted to share my testimony. I wanted to show, you know, the progression of my life, you know, from that point of being, you know, being in Africa, being rich, and losing everything, going to the Bronx and, and, and following um, negative influences and how that pulled me away from my calling and pulled me away from the Lord. And unknowingly, I didn't know that at the time. And then, you know, falling deeper into crime and climbing out and still joining the Navy and still being unfulfilled, even though I had, you know, I had, I found my calling. And so I wanted to write a journey story. And that's, that's what my book is. And there's people who read, there's SEALs who have read my book and they're like, wow, like we weren't expecting this dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. We were expecting a Navy SEAL book. And I got a buddy at Dev Group who read the book, and uh, he was just like blown away. You know, he gave it to his dad, and, and he gave it to his his wife who's read it, and, and you know, he's passing on us and some other people, and um, and so it's it's not a Navy SEAL book. That's right. It's a, it's a, it's a story. It's a testimony. It's a journey. You know, so um, so that's why I wasn't too worried about it because I knew where my heart was, uh, and, and you know, and another reason why I wrote the book is because I wanted for kids who come from where I come from. Yes. You know what I mean? I wanted kids who come from the Bronx, come from Compton, south side of Chicago, Watts, wherever they are, to be able to look at this story and say, wow, like, I could be something other than sure. an athlete or a rapper or a drug dealer or yeah. whatever, you know, fill in the blank. And I'm not knocking any of those those yeah. those um those jobs. I'm just saying that I wanted kids to be able to say, wow, like, I could be a SEAL. Or I could be an engineer, like my brother ends up becoming in the book. Or I could be yeah. a doctor, you know, like my wife is. You know, so I wanted kids to be able to see my story and say, like, there is a life outside of my environment because my entire life as a kid growing up in the Bronx, I never thought that I would make it out of the Bronx. I never thought I would make it out of the Bronx. I never thought that there was anything outside of the Bronx. I never thought that I could go to college. I never thought that I could be an ABC. I never thought, like, these were things that didn't never even cross my mind. Right. And so I wanted to, again, have, you know, create something that I could pass on to other kids who have that same mindset that I had and, and, and pretty much smack them in the face verbally and say, look, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. The only limit, yeah. you know, on you are the limits you put on yourself. Right. So the book is called Transformed. Really quickly, can you, can you tell us how you came up with that title? I know. My publisher did. My okay. publisher did. Yeah, they came up with the title because uh, they wanted uh, – they wanted to ride the wave of Transformers. 
um, because I had been in Transformers. So it was related to Transformers. Yeah, they yeah, they were like, oh, well, you were in Transformers, and you know, if people Google Transformers, they're like, it, it was there. Okay. It wasn't mine. I, I, I honestly did not like the title when they, they yeah. threw it away. But, you know. Hey, brother. Is. Well, you know what? Thank you for listening to the Lord and writing the book. <laughs> yeah. I'm blessed by it. And Christmas is coming up, so I'm going to be getting this thing for a lot of people. Man. Thank, like, you, man. Thank you, Yeah, man. I like David Brown's book as well. And, and, and it's like, incredible. Like, uh, you know, you guys were, yeah, you had a crime record. David, yeah. David uh, Brown, what, what he had, he like. Yeah, Adam Brown? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Adam Brown. Yeah. Adam Brown. Yeah. yeah. Um, smoke crack, man. And then, yeah. uh, you know, this, when the Lord wants you in, he wants you in. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, to the Fabcasters, I think everybody should stop listening to the podcast right now. You just got to listen to the book because I don't want to rehash the whole book here because yeah. there's plenty of interviews about it. But you should stop listening right now and then come back and then finish the rest of this interview. Yeah. So, so your book, so Transform starts out with you um, smack dab in the middle of your life of secrecy. Like it starts off with you doing your hustle. Yeah. You're selling your stolen phones and stolen uh, social security numbers. Yeah. And then, and then it, the book ends with you. Um, you're just laid open, like open kimono, nothing to hide. Like your, yeah. your wife can read this book. Your kids can read this book. Yeah. yeah. Um, that to me is amazing yeah. um, uh, for, for someone to put their whole life in a book and say, I got nothing to hide, man. Yeah. Yeah. So emotional insulation and isolation is common amongst men, um, especially yeah. in NSW, in the military yeah. at large, and especially in the church. So, yeah. so Remy, how can men, especially Christian men, get to the point of, you know what, man, here's my life. No yeah. shame, no guilt to the point where they could put it in a book. How, do, how does a guy get there? Because we're scared. Uh, that's, a great, no, that's a great question. I mean, you know, one, it takes, you know, humbling yourself, you know what I mean? It takes, you know, releasing that pride, you know, um, because pride makes, makes men do foolish things, right? Mm-hmm. And um, when men have shame, you know, in order to, uh, to maintain their pride, I'm the man, I'm this, they hide their shame, you know what I mean? They hide their faults, they hide all of this, because to them, showing, their weaknesses is a sign of weakness mm-hmm. when it's the total opposite in my opinion. I, you know, um, I wrote a film um, that's now being shopped around. It's about the first group of African-Americans to serve in special operations. Oh yeah, okay. And uh, there's a line that I have in the film where I land about kind of giving away too much, but I essentially say, you know, the man who, who bears his soul um, before an audience and before the world is more powerful is more, a lot stronger than a man who, you know, the world perceives as the strongest person on the face of this planet, but he hides all of these faults within him, you know? And, you know, so for me, that's a huge thing. And, you know, when you look at, when I, when I look at the Bible, I look at Jesus, and, you know, I look at Paul and you look at David, you know what I mean? They were exposed, you know what I mean? Like everything was exposed, you know, you look at David, you know, all of his transgressions were exposed, like, you know, what he did with Bathsheba, you know, and and all of the stuff that it was exposed and he, but he was still respected, you know what I mean? Like he still had the mighty men. I mean, obviously, you know, he had sons, you know, Absalom who rebelled against him and, and that stuff, but he still had the respect of a lot of men because he, and it was at one time when, you know, he came back from battle and he was dancing and, you know, and and one of his wives was like, dude, you look like a fool. You know what I mean? And he was like, no, I don't. Pretty well, he was like, no, I'm dancing before the Lord. Like, he, he was exposed. Like, you know what I mean? I think people respect that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. And, uh, and so, 
you know, and, you know, through osmosis, as I read the scriptures and I see how so many men, like strong men, you know, they were at their strongest point when they were exposed. I was just like, you know what? Yeah. You know, we got to twist it here, you know, uh, in the world today where it's like, well, if, if I say that I struggle with this or if I, if I admit that I struggle with that or, you know, or, you know, or if I want to go into a church and or whatever, I'm going to look weak. You know what I mean? Or if I want to raise my hands and worship to the Lord, like I'm yeah. going to look weak. And all this is like, no, it takes more strength to stand before audience and raise your hands and worship yeah. towards the Lord than it does to, you know, keep your hands to your side and try to look cool, to look tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, just to answer your question more directly, I would just say, you know, what got me to that point was just realizing that it's true strength because, you know, I, mean, I had to ask myself, like, who am I writing this book for? Um, and this kind of goes back to your question earlier about the whole Navy SEAL thing. Like, am I writing this, this, am I writing this book for, you know, to take something from people, to take, to take likes, to take admiration, to take, you're the, to boost myself up, to have other people boost me up and say, oh man, this dude's a cool Navy SEAL, he did this, 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 right, and that. Right. Or am I writing a book to give something? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 and the best way to give is to expose yourself. Right. And so, like, if I talk about, you know, in my book, which I do talk about, you know, my struggles with, with, with women, you know what I mean? There's guys who came up to me like, dude, like, I can't believe you talked about that and how you treated your girl and this and that and that and this. Well, you know what? These guys would reach out to me like, man, dude, like, dude, I read that and it hit me because I treat my woman, my girl like this. So I do this and I do that. And it's helping them. Right. So exposing yourself, it helps people, you know, it shines that light in the dark areas of other people's lives without, you know, getting in their face, you know, because that's one thing I don't do in the book. I don't get in your face and tell you, you need to do this, you need to do that, or you need to change your ways or whatever. No, I'll say, I did this. I did that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was this horrible person. Yes. Well, I made these mistakes. And when people see somebody admitting it openly, and they're like, wow, like, yeah. you know, I, you know, that's me. Like, yeah. I'm right there. And if Remy can admit it, I can admit it. And I can get freedom. You know what I mean? Oh, man. You're speaking my language, brother. Have yeah. you heard that song by uh, Torrin Wells, Fully Known? No. Oh, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. How important is it for a man to be fully known in his relationships with his wife, yeah. his community? Um, and what's the impact of having a secret life and being whatever your job is. I don't care if you're operator or, or, yeah. or whatever. What's the, what's the impact of having secrets um, versus being fully known? You know, honestly, man, for me, it's, dude, for me, it's like depression, mm -hmm. it's anxiety, it's yeah. regret, it's guilt, it's all of that. Yeah. Like when I have secrets or when I hold on to secrets, even now, you know what I mean? Like I'm a Christian, but I still, I still make mistakes and do things, you know, that I shouldn't do from time That's to time. You know That's what I mean? right. I'm not going to sing and act like I'm perfect because I'm not. You know, I just strive towards, you know, perfection, you know, which is Christ, you know. That's right. And when I hold on to things, like, it messes with me, dude. You know, I, you know and it's, it's just like it messes with me psychologically and it affects me physically because I can't eat. I can't sleep now and all these other things. And then I can go out and put on a mask. Like, oh, I'm good and this and that. You know, um, there's, a, there's a verse of Proverbs that says, you know, um, laughter can conceal a heavy heart, but when uh, laughter ends, the grief remains. 
Yeah. You have to conceal a heavy heart, but one of the laughter ends and grief remains. And so you can put on a mask. I can go out and put on a mask and speak or do whatever, but the grief is still there. The conviction is still there. You know what I mean? The sleepless nights is still there. You know what I mean? And so, um, man, I forgot what your question was, but um, that's what it leads to. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it leads to, 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 to man, depression. <laughs> yeah, like David said, he, when he kept the secret, his bones wasted away. So, so yeah. with that, um, who, are, who, who, are, who are you doing life with, man? So let's say, like, whatever. My sin was this today. Like, yeah. who's the first? Besides your wife, um, yeah. who's, who are the guys that are, like, on speed dial? Like, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, man. If you're on the road, you know, you're on the road a lot. Who yeah. comes up to your mind? Well, Brad, my sister Brad, who nice. really, like, yeah, he, uh, cool. I mean, he works at, I have all, I'm in my office right now. Yeah. My office is in a part of my house. And, uh, and so Brad works next door in the, um, in the other office area. And yeah. so, um, um, yeah, he's my go-to when I'm struggling or whatever. And, and the crazy thing is like, like God has sent people into my life at key moments, you know, like I was going through something the last two days and, uh, and like my best friend who's in the book, Ricardo, mm-hmm. you know, Ricardo in the book, like kindergarten, like he, we grew up together. We were friends, we've been friends since kindergarten. And uh, Ricardo like calls me last night, you know what I mean? And uh, you know, he loves the Lord. And he's like, yo man, he's like, I think God is telling me to call you. Nice. I was like, what's up? He's like, man, dude, I was literally just sitting here and I, 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 heard, this, I heard your voice say to me, yo Ricardo, yo Ricardo. And, uh, and uh, so I feel like God's telling me to call you. So he called me and I talked to him about all the things I've been going through the last two days. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, you know, it, there's Brad, but there's other people that the Lord will lead in my life at certain times to, you know, cause you know, look at Brad's not enough. Like we need to talk to somebody else. You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah. cool, man. He's like, since you're, since you're, you know, you became a Christian and, and a pastor and uh, yeah. you're RP now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. Okay. Um, another topic, man. Uh, this is this one's huge. So you, your dad is an amazing human being. Oh yeah. my goodness! Created yeah. Banana Island, created Billionaire Island. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I become a billionaire, I'll probably visit that place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah probably not. Yeah, yeah. And the listeners, man, you got you got to hear this story. Just, yeah. just, it's amazing. So when you put your dad's life next to yours, mm. what are some similarities? What's that? Oh, there's a lot, man. I mean, one, my dad, um, he's, uh, he's very ambitious. He was very ambitious. You know what I mean? Like he, uh, he could see, he could see a problem or he, he'll look at something and everybody be like, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. And he would be like, he would see the way when nobody else could see the way. He's a visionary. Yeah. yeah visionary, you know? And so that's been me my whole life, you know, like, everybody could be like this absolutely there's no way you'll make it through parts it's just no way to make it through parts like it's just no way <laughs> i'm like no i'll figure out a way you know there's no way to start a business like i'll be able to, yeah i get that from my dad like i just had this i had his mind you know what i mean my yeah. brother used to say that my brother's an engineer like my dad was and you know when we were younger in our teenage years and he used to say you know what our dad didn't leave us anything financially but the one thing that he did leave us was our brains and uh and so i have this analytical mind um and then you know another thing that you know my dad was an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and uh you know i've always been an entrepreneur you know from even in doing a legal so even before i got to <laughs> legal, right. and my mom you know she uh 
she helped us set up our small little like business called BNR Aaron and Messaging Service. I'll never right. forget it. And it was BNR Bio. My brother's name is Bio. So Bio and Remy Aaron and Messaging Service. And we would print out these flyers and you know, you would cut the cut the phone number of things and people would just pull them and call us up and we, you know, help clean the car or whatever. You know, so I always had that entrepreneurial mindset. Um, and then you know, got to the legal game, got to the music game, you know, I applied it that way. And even now, you know, I own two companies. Uh, I'm, I'm in talks right now uh, to, um, to create a tech company um, with, some, with my brother and two other engineers on my, on my wife's side of the family. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm all about business, even the stuff I do in the film and TV industry. Yeah. Like, I don't just look at it as entertainment. There's a huge business aspect to it. Um, and so, um, so I had that from my dad, uh, just my, his, his drive as it relates to business. And what a gift, you know, you, now, you, now you're leveraging all those gifts that were passed down to you for yeah. the kingdom. Yeah. Uh, there, there are so many key players in your transformation story mm-hmm. from, from the, the recruiter, uh, yeah. Tiana Reyes, yeah. into the Navy, to yeah. um, who's the most key person in your life? Am I like now or, or just, 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 just overall, like the transformation story, Remy Adelaide is, man, there's a lot of people I me, mean, you know, that you mentioned, um, there's my mom and, uh, um, so she's a huge one, but yeah. Yeah, see, I would say, you know, Tiana, man, what she did for me was huge, man. Uh, when I think about it, cause if it was, if, if she didn't do that for me, I wouldn't have joined the Navy, you know what I mean? And if I didn't join the Navy, where would I be? You know what yeah. I mean? So I want to be here. I want to be married. I want to, you know, I want to see it. Like, like so much would have stopped right there and then if I didn't, if she didn't do what she did to get me in the Navy. So I would say, you know, when you look at my overall story, obviously it's my mom, my aunt, Doki, and my brother, so many other people. But, you know, yeah. something always stands out to me is Tiana. Yeah, she reminds me of Rahab in Hebrews 11. You know, but she, yeah. she lied about the spies and then she yeah. was put in the Hall of Fame of Faith. Like, yeah. she did something that's technically wrong, but it, yeah. was, it, was, it was so blessed. And that's yeah. why I definitely when I think about, about your story. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> would you consider yourself uh, religious or what do you consider yourself? No, I don't consider myself religious at all, man. Um, yeah, I'm not. I mean, you know, I, I consider myself spiritual, you know, yeah. um, not religious, you know, like I don't, like for me, everything is, you know, Paul talks about that in, in First Corinthians, I think it's um, chapter three or chapter four. Uh, Somewhere in there. Yeah, and when he talks about, you know, what true spirituality is, you know, yeah. um, and so for me, it's all about being spiritual, being connected to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, being attuned and, and, and being led and being comforted and being receiving everything I need and yeah. from the Holy Spirit, you know, and uh, it being going to church isn't like a regimental thing. It's not like I need to check the box because that's what religion is. I'm going to go to church to check the box. Like I go to church because, you know, I want to get close in my relationship with God. You know, I think there's right. the, two, the two things to compare is mainly religion and relationship. And so, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, there's certain things you do to maintain that relationship. You know, we talk to them. So, you know, the way I maintain my relationship with the Lord is I talk to him through prayer. And obviously, yeah. a lot of the talks me through his word. You know, you, um, 
you uh, uh, you know you, you go places. So I go to church, right? Because he's you know I'm trying to build my relationship, you know, I, and and there's so many other things that I could kind of throw out as examples. But you know, for me, it's more about relationships. It's not about religion. It's not about like I don't I don't do certain things because I'm trying to be good. I do certain things because I love the Lord and I want to, you know, I want to, you know, when you love somebody, you, you know, you, you, you obey them or you, you seek to please them in a certain way. You love that when you love somebody. And, you know, the way I try to show my love to God is through my obedience. I don't do certain things because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to earn his favor. I do certain things because, you know, I, I care for him. You know what I mean? And, and oh, yeah. I'm grateful for all that he's done in my life, you know? Um, and I know that the reason why he's put certain rules in place is not because he's trying to keep me from having fun or for me to be a corny religious Christian. Like, he's put certain rules in place to protect me because he loves me and he's trying to protect me. You know, he doesn't want me to cheat on my wife because he knows all of the bad things that are going to come into my life if I do that. You know, he knows how that's going to affect her. He knows how that's going to affect my kids. Like, you know, I don't use certain language, not because God told me don't speak like that, because I know that if I use certain language, my kids are going to hear it. People are going to hear it. I'll be looked upon as a hypocrite. All yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I try to follow his rules, not because... I'm trying to obey him because I know that these rules have been put in place to protect me. You know, he loves me. He's trying to protect me, you know? Yeah. Oh, man, this is the fastest half hour that I've ever experienced. <laughs> like, yeah. We're almost up out of time. There are a lot of, there are a lot of uh, you know, you're, you're, a, you're a sailor. Did we say once a sailor, always a sailor, or is that a marine thing? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I've been out for going on four years, man. So I'm Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of people in the world in general but 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 my heart is for service members for reaching out for them so there's a lot of service members sailors and marines and armies well i coast guard air force whatever suffering from addictions and you and i know those as spiritual strongholds but they're suffering from things like anger all the time or maybe i'm addicted to this or that and uh what do you what do you think what's your message to them out there on, on finding freedom from those destructive behaviors Remy Adeleke's perspective. I need, I need a little more context to be able to answer the question. Like, what are you, what are, what's your like, direct question? Like, like sailors, like, man, I, I'm, I'm struggling with um, anger or porn addiction. How do I find freedom from this thing? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's hard for me to tell people what to do. It's hard, it's easy for me to tell people what I did. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? So, you know, for me, it was like, you know, from the time I was 16 to the time I gave my life to the Lord, you know, I was, it was either pornography or women, you know, I slept mm-hmm. around with a multitude of women, you yeah. know what I mean? I, uh, you know, I partied and watched tons of pornography and it was every week, every day of the week, it was one or the other, you know, I was sleeping with a woman or I would watch pornography, like that was just my life, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and, um, how do you find freedom from that? For me. When I came, well, you know, when I came to the Lord, um, um, I, I still, you know, I remember I, I came to Christ and I had sex like one last time after I came to Christ and I felt like this deep conviction. And at mm. the same time, I remember I went to a church service and um, I went to the Rock Church and Pastor Miles talked about sexual purity. Yeah. He really broke down like in a way like, you know, oh, it's wrong. Don't do that. It's wrong to have sex out of marriage. Like, 
he broke down the why behind it. Like he broke it. It was just like, man, he broke it down in such a way. I was like, oh man, like exactly what he's saying a person feels. Like, like that's how I've always felt. Like, wow, like I get it. It was like a light went off my head. I was like, all right, I get, get it. You know, because he's talking about this disgust. He, he used a scripture, he preached from the scripture where um, when uh, um, and Ammon and he, he rapes Tamar. Says, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and it says, it says you know, before he, before he raped her, like he, he, he was madly in love with her. Like he felt this, this deep love for her. You know, that he, so much so that he felt sick. Like he was in love with her and passionate. Right. And after he raped her, and after he had sex with her, um, and he felt disgusted with her. Mm. And that resonated with me because every time I had sex, I didn't rape no tricks, but every time I had. That's what girls like, like before, it's like, man, I'm Pat, like, I love you, or I would say whatever I need to say, and I felt this love and this passion. And right. as soon as I was done, like, I felt this disgust towards the girls. Mm. Get out of, like, get out of my world. Like, it, like I felt that, tail. And so when he preached, and I was like, dang, this is crazy. Like, yeah. I felt that, and he broke down what true love is. And then I was just like, wow. So that's when, between that sermon and the conviction I was feeling for having hooked up with a girl, I was like, all right, God, like, I'm giving it. I'm giving up. I know it's going to be hard. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm, I'm going to give it up. And, and literally, like, the Lord met me, man. Like, you know, I did my part and he did his part. Like, I, you know, I, I cut it off the boot. I cut off girls that I had been sleeping with. I got rid of all the pornography in my apartment. Like, I did my part by cutting it all out. And then the Holy Spirit just empowered me, man, to, to live in purity. And, and there was, you know, and I had to pray and I had to stay connected to to godly people who can really hold me accountable. And I went to church and, and you know, yeah. I, and, and I memorized the scripture. There was a scripture I memorized to help me. So when temptation came, like I had a verse to really kind of, you know, and it were two scriptures. One was first Corinthians six eighteen. This is run from sexual sin. All the sins of clearly affects the body as this one does. Morality is a sin and can show a body. Uh, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit or lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. And God bought you at a high price with this yeah. body your body and so that verse right there is i would just repeat that to myself when i was like getting tempted and then another verse was um hebrews 10 35 it says so do not throw away this confident trust in the lord remember the great reward it brings you patient endurance what she announced we continue to do god's will then you receive all that he has promised so i knew that god had promises for me and if i walked in obedience like i would get the you know he would he would fulfill those promises but if i if i walked in disobedience i was there's a chance that i could miss out on those promises not because he's going to take them away but because he's diverting the path you know and and just to kind of put it in into more like a scriptural context you know when when the israelites were in in the wilderness you know um and and they had built the event. I forgot what they did. They did something. They they rebellion. They, they were like, oh, we don't want this manna, and they started rebelling against the world. Yeah. This man is making us feel sick. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and they started complaining in the wilderness. They were complaining. That's right. And uh, and you know it says that God, you know, God sent snakes. But the actual Hebrew translation, when you look at it, is it's not God like sent the snakes. Like God just released his hand. Because yeah. you gotta keep, like you gotta keep in mind, they, the wilderness they were in wasn't already infested with snakes, right? It was it was infested with snakes. Like when you do the research, you'll see that that whole area. Yeah, I've been to Israel three times. 
You know, that whole area was infested with snakes. So as they were walking through the wilderness all that time, it wasn't so protected. Guy had his hand on the snakes, and he was keeping them, holding them back yeah. from attacking the people. So when the people were complaining, God didn't send a snake. God just released his hand and allowed the natural order what would yeah. actually happen to take place, and that's when the right. people started getting attacked by this. So I, I had known that you know there were things that God had been protecting me from and holding back. You know there were promises that God had for me, and if I did something contrary to what he wanted me to do, then all he would do is just release his hand and allow yeah. certain things to come into my life. You know, and 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 I, and I didn't want those things. You know, so and I I believe in the promises. I still believe in the promises of God. So those two scriptures. You know. So anyway, just to answer your question, you know, what I did was I turned to the Lord. I surrounded myself around godly people who could really help help me in those areas. I read the word. I memorized scriptures that helped me in those areas that I was struggling in. And I relied on the Holy Spirit and I prayed and I would just say, God, help me. And I didn't put myself in situations that would allow me to, sure. to fall. You know, I didn't go to clubs anymore. Or if, I, if somebody asked me, hey, can you go to this party? I would go. And like when things started getting crazy, like if there were girls that were really trying, I would just leave. You know what I mean? Or, you know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't watch certain things, you know, because I knew that what it would do to my mind. And, you know, I cut it off through. So that's what I did to overcome the stuff that I was struggling with. <laughs> Yeah, brother, you you have got scripture buried deep in your heart, man. Yeah. I feel like going reading the Bible right now. <laughs> and you know the scriptures, bro. That's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's just like what Jesus did when he was tempted in the wilderness in Luke chapter four. He's yeah. like, the word of God it's says, the word. The word of God says, the word of God. Um, and that's the problem with a lot of Christians, you know, they don't know what the word of God says. <laughs> they don't know yeah. what the scriptures say, you know. So it's like if you don't know what the scriptures say, yeah then you ain't gonna be the battle enemy you know so yeah i got no bullets yeah like oh crap there's nothing in my there's nothing in my gun yeah um man uh, so we got to wrap up this interview here so let's i think with a with a major topic here let's talk about identity what's mm -hmm. the difference between what you do or did for a living and and who you are in christ because because the, the, the temptation is right like you know what i am this mm -hmm. um it says it in Sailor's Creed. I am a sailor. So there, then I think that creates some sort of confusion. Like, what if I have to get out? What if I yeah. lose my leg and I have to get out? Have I lost my identity? Yeah. How do people who wear the uniform, whether they're police or military or whatever, doctor, like, how do they how do they reconcile the fact that what their true identity is with what they do for a living? Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. The other night, I was I was actually thinking about. I was, you know, I, I, when I post, when I post on social media, you know, I try to post on social media with the mindset that I wrote the book, right? So, you know, you can either post on social media to take from people, to take likes, to take comments, you know, to take retweets, to take, you know, because it's like, I'm going to take this because I need this, right? Or you can, you can post on social media to give, to give inspiration, motivation, transformation, uh, illumination uh, through education. Um, you can do one of those. Uh, those are only two options. You, you post on, you use social media to take, or you use social media to give. And when I use, when I post, when you look at the pictures and stuff that I post, for the most part, I try to post stuff with a message. You know, like I try to add like a here's a lesson, or here's a message, here's something for you to be able to take and use in your life. And so 
um, I have this, I have this data, this, this, this notes app on my iPhone, which everybody has. And when ideas come to mind, like I write it down. And so this, this idea came to mind for me to, to post, and, it, and it's, it's a quote, and it says, uh, "It's dangerous to rest in what you did yesterday." Mm. Like that was that's all I have. I'm gonna expound upon it more. I don't know how I'm gonna wow. expound upon it, but um, pretty much that was the quote that like I came up with as I was thinking about you know being a seal, like or thinking about like. Like it's dangerous to rest in what you did yesterday, like you know. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to rest in the fact that I was a seal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's gone. I'm not a seal. You know what I mean? I don't want to rest in the fact that I was an air. That's gone. I'm not in the navy. I'm a veteran, but I'm I'm not in the navy. Anymore. Yeah. I want to rest in the fact that I was in a movie. That movie was, you know, two years ago. You know, I don't want to rest in the fact that I got another movie coming out next week that I consulted on and that I have a small role in. When that releases next week, I don't want to rest in that. You know, yeah. it's like it's dangerous to rest in. Like, who cares? Who cares about the babies? Really cares? Yeah. Like, that's I love that. That's the past. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's just my mindset. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? You got to work for the day. You know, um, today is today. You know what I mean? Yesterday's gone. You know what I mean? And so that's just how I try to live my life and I try to remind myself that my identity is rooted in, in, in Christ and who he says I am, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and who he sees me to be, which I don't have a full vision of because, you know, I'm, I'm limited by my human nature, you know what I'm saying? And so um, I try to have my, I, you know, that's my, I try to keep my identity the best I can rooted in Christ and his promises and, 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 you know, and who he calls for me to be and not rest in, in yeah, naturally in the normal, I am a father, right? I am a husband. That's who I am right now. I naturally, you know what I mean? I am a businessman. That's who I am right now. Um, but as time passes, things will change, you know what I mean? And so I don't want to be that person resting in what I did yesterday, you know? Yeah. Who cares? Who cares if you're a Marine? I mean, honestly, yeah. when, you, when you get out of when you get out of the military, a lot of people will learn that. You know, uh, a lot of veterans will learn that. A lot of people out here in the, in the real world don't care if you're in the military. Yeah, I, yeah, you know I know. I mean? like, especially when you go apply for a job, they don't got. I've been in meetings before and uh, in, in Hollywood, and it came up that I was a SEAL, and not for me, but somebody who who I went to meeting with and. I remember I was in a meeting with a major studio and, 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 and we were pitching a project to, uh, to this executive. Um, and, uh, the, and, and the guy who I was with, he wasn't in the military. He's just a writer. And uh, he was like, yeah, Remy was a Navy SEAL and this and that. And you could look at the guy's face and he was just like, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't care about that. Like, so, sort of like, like your wife, like what's, what's a SEAL? You swim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that part of the book. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't like to rest in, in yesterday. You know. That's good, brother. That's that's solid. So, uh, speaking of the future, um, have you ever considered joining the Navy Chaplain Corps? Who, me? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Man. You're a pastor now. <laughs> I just, just had to throw that out there to see if you're ready for the challenge. <laughs> uh, man, my, my, yeah, I'm 100 percent disabled, man. I uh, yeah, I can't join the military even though I wanted to. Oh, brother, you you look far from disabled, man. You look yeah, you look fighting. I, I, I don't feel it, brother. I got all kinds yeah. of yeah. Thirteen years to take a toll on your body, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, in in, a, in another 
and another episode if we ever get to do that uh, we got to talk about green side your corman days your 8404 days that's yeah, yeah. some stories out of that yeah. Although, um we began with me praying first would you would you mind uh closing us and yeah for, for us for me for for our ministry here no absolutely absolutely um Lord, I thank you so much um, for my brother, Lord. I thank you uh, uh, for his ministry, Lord. Um, um, this podcast that you're using to, um, to 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 drive people to you and to encourage people and to give them hope and and, and love and just give them a fresh perspective, Lord, of life, Jesus. And, uh, and, and I just pray that you would continue to do what you're doing, Lord. I pray that you would um, grow this ministry in a mighty way, Lord. And I pray that you would uh, equip uh, <coughs> Chaps Barang, you know, in a mighty way to, to continue to uh, find fresh ideas, new ideas to reach his, his Marines and sailors, Lord. And I pray for open hearts, Lord, that, uh, that, that all those that he's working for and with, Lord, that would receive what you have for them to receive, Jesus. And, um, yeah, just I thank you for him, and and uh, I thank I pray for safety for him and the Marines for doing the things that they're doing, Lord, uh, and I pray for contentment as well because I know how it's so easy to to fall into discontentment and, and, and feel like you're unfulfilled because you're not doing what you thought you would be doing. So I just pray for contentment amongst the troops, and uh, we love you and we thank you, Jesus. Uh, Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's your last name, right? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Barang. Yeah,